This is MSO News Sports. I'm Bill Newell, and we are joined by Gloucester head football coach Dan O'Connor. And uh, Dan, welcome. Thanks so much for taking some time to uh, to join us to talk a bit about yourself, if you will. Really, welcome. Thank you, Bill. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys at MSO Sports. We are uh, we're really enjoying these series of interviews that we're doing this summer with the area football coaches to learn more about them as football players and uh, their transition into coaching and uh, their influences and so on. They've been great. And uh, so, Dan, I'm, I'm going to start right back and ask you to look back as uh, search, put the Wayback Machine on. And as a young Dan O'Connor, a very young Danny, they probably called you Danny O'Connor back then, Dan. But uh, <laughs> tell me, uh, what's your era? earliest uh, kind of recollection of a football or a football game or whatever yeah you're right they did call me danny except when my mother got mad and reminded everybody that that's not the name that she gave me <laughs> um but yeah you know gloucester had a great youth football program uh down here uh we were able to field six different teams across the city and we started playing uh, in the second grade and so you know you would travel to these different elementary schools that had the field set up in the back, and, and you play the different different organizations from the, the different parts of town. And then, obviously, as you get get moving up a little bit, you, you start to play with different players. And, and it's a great tradition that we used to have down here. Unfortunately, uh, unable to sustain it with the numbers in town right now. But um, that's my earliest memory. Second grade, it would be. Well, you know, you know, Dan, I was uh, I was a Billy for one year. I had a teacher that called me Billy, but other than that, I, be, I was a Bill, except for one wise guy friend of mine. But anyways, uh, I get you, yeah. So, so Dan, so now uh, you played organized football, uh, you know, youth football in Gloucester, and uh, and on to the high school. So tell us, tell us about the the move on up to the high school. Uh, you know, it was it, at the time Gloucester had a great program going. You know, that was the late. 90s, early 2000s. So, uh, Coach Silva, Coach Ingram, uh, really had the program going in a, a fantastic direction with the rest of the staff that they had. Uh, and there was, you know, Friday night was the place to be down at Newell Stadium. And, you know, you're always starting really in, in that second and third grade area. Look forward to playing for the fishermen and wearing that maroon helmet. Um, you know, so many of us in this town had relatives, cousins, aunts, uncles, you know, fathers grandfathers who had played down there and it was just something you always look forward to and when you finally got that opportunity you know you took great pride in it uh you know working with the, the, the summer program that coach ladoff put together at the time and, and continues to and it was just you know i played with jimmy Eunice. was fortunate enough to play with a lot of great players but the hype around jimmy and, and some of those early 2000 teams was was fantastic down there you know, Dan, you mentioned uh, how big it was in Gloucester, and I and I was covering football for WESX at the time back then, and I think that, you know, there was a, a buzz about getting people on the North Shore ramped up to to learn how big Friday night football was in Gloucester after that you guys got the lights and so on up there. And uh, and it was it was huge, and it was and it was known all around the North Shore how big it was up in Gloucester. But you just being there knew it was big, but may not really even understand how big it was even around the North Shore. At that point, absolutely not. You know, you knew it was something special. You knew that there was going to be big crowds, and you know the times are different. You know, you're going to have the social media and kids being connected with everything anymore, or as they are now. Um, but you just knew you had to get there early to, to get a spot in the bleachers. Um, and, you know, as a student in the 7th and 8th grade, really, when you got to 
wear your youth organization jersey down to the field and get in and kind of rub elbows as the players are walking out to the field. Um, you knew it was special. You know, you knew it was an atmosphere, and, and Coach Silva and uh, Mr. Rowland, who was the AD at the time, really built it up. The lights obviously were a fantastic addition, as, as many programs attest. Um, but it was special, and you had the music playing, you had the crowd cheering, the students were hyped up and in, in, into the game. Um, and again, the, the crowds were, for a lot of those years, just way bigger than, than what we were used to. Uh, even these days right now, I can remember going to the Salem game in 99. I can remember playing Lynn Classical and Lynn English in the early 2000s. Swamps get my senior year in 2002. You know, just the crowds were huge. Yeah, I, I know that. I'm not sure what, whether you were on these teams or not, but there were some epic battles between Gloucester and uh, Classical, both uh, in Gloucester and down in Lynn as well. So I'm not sure where you were in that, you know, that uh, timeline, if you will. But yeah, those were those are some fantastic games. Yeah, tell tell me about your position. Where did you play, and uh, and uh, and your role with the teams? Well, it started out as a defensive end and a tight end. And, you know, as you progress through the program, you, you learn quickly that your versatility is your best ability and, and being able to play different spots. Um, definitely my junior year wasn't going to, you know, find any playing time at the tight end position in front of <laughs> Jimmy Eunice or Danny Murray, who had come out for the team. And Coach Silver asked me to move down to offensive tackle. We had an opening there. And I, I played in a couple of scrimmages and was fortunate enough to start at the offensive tackle position. Uh, played two years there, played two years as a starting defensive end. And really, that's, that's about it for me. You know, played some special teams as a sophomore, but really my, my best playing days were at offensive tackle uh, between Greg Thomas and Jimmy Eunice, and I was like a munchkin of three, and, um, and playing some defensive end opposite Jimmy, which obviously meant that we were going to get a ton of work on our side because there wasn't a lot of teams running at Jimmy at those years. <laughs> so, oh, so you were on the opposite side of Jim Eunice? Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah. yes, oh. absolutely. I played with, I played next to him on the offensive line, and then opposite him on defense. So we were we were very busy. <laughs> I, so I get it now. Okay, yeah, yeah. How? I mean, I sort of asked you this question in a way, in a way, but um, is there a game that kind of stands out? Uh, a, a battle that uh, you know, especially in the as you look at the trenches uh, that in your junior senior year at um, at Gloucester. Uh, there's two really that stand out for me. Um, one was my junior year up at the Old Manning Bowl against Lynn Classical when, um, you know, that was a great game. It came down to the wire, and, and uh, Lynn Classical took a lead on us late. And really, you know, the feeling wasn't wasn't so great. We had about one drive left that we knew we had to capitalize on. And Nolan Palazzola hit Kyle Goodwin on a backside post on Waggle, and the two Lynn Classical defenders kind of bumped, and he was able to scamper the rest of the way into the end zone. And then my senior year was the game against Swampskit down in Gloucester. Fox 25 was there to broadcast, and um, Swampsick came in with Beatrice and Stone and Pratt and all of them and Blydell and Tim Kiley, and they had a great offense going, and we were able to, to kind of stop them a little bit. Jack Reed had a couple of interceptions that game, but again, those are two games that you played in front of 8,000, maybe 10,000. You know, the, depending on who you ask, the, the crowd at Newell Stadium against Swampskit were five or six deep around the around the fence 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, just a great time to be associated with the with the Gloucester football program, as certainly as a player. You know, I've, I've talked to a few of the coaches, and uh, not all of them about their teammates, but I've got to ask you about, you know, one of the things about playing football is you really appreciate your teammates, you make lifelong friends, that kind of thing. And uh, who are, are you, you got to still be close to some of these guys on the, on your Gloucester teams. Absolutely. You know, I just got the with Jimmy about 20 minutes ago. He and I talked talk regularly. You know, we talked to Nick Kukuru quite often down here as he worked for the Times. But, yeah, you know, it, it, high school football is unlike any other, right? Like, especially down here, these are the guys that you play against for a while, and then you get to the point that you play with them. And just the bond that you're, you're established throughout the years of, of playing and going through, you know, battles and having people stand next to you during tough times and help you see through things on the field and off, whether it's academics, personal life stuff that's going on. You know, you know, we preach family, we preach brotherhood. And that's, you know, those are sentiments that are broadcast across all high school football programs. And down here, no different, you know. So every time we see people, we have memories, we chat, we talk. You know, I'm still best friends with a lot of the guys that I graduated with high school and played with. Absolutely. All right. So your coaching influences, or actually, let me let me just stop there before you talk about coaching influences. Tell us how you got into coaching. Where was it? And uh, let's let's take us take take us down that that avenue, if you will. Yeah, sure. So after high school, I went to Endicott for a year and, and went out for the team a little bit. Uh, Endicott had just started the program, and you know, I didn't didn't see that through. I went off to Purdue to go to college and on my way back you know when we got back to Gloucester Paul Ingram had taken over a couple of years after I left and um, you know there was an opening for freshman football and he you know gave me a call and said he thought it would be a great spot for me if I wanted to get into it and you know I took him up on that and it was probably one of the best decisions I made you know I stayed on staff there um, throughout the, the years that they went down to Gillette and won three out of four um, and Tony took over and I stayed on and worked with Tony for a year before my family and I relocated. Uh, and we left for a handful of years and then came back and actually was at Kip and Lynn. And Jim Rabbit said, hey, where are you going to start a program and it'll work with me? And, you know, again, was kind of reluctant at first, wasn't sure about it, but, but he was hyped up about the prospects of the program that they were going to have. And, you know, I jumped in on that and then the Gloucester job opened up and was fortunate enough to be involved and get going. And, you know, the last five years have, have been fantastic down here. Yeah, I got to uh, follow Jim Rabbit and the and the Kip team uh, to a few games this year. I'm very impressed with uh, what they've been able to do down there for sure and the progress that they've made. But of course, you uh, coaching with Paul Ingram, uh, really a, just a fantastic, um, you know, one of the great historically significant coaches I think on the North Shore in high school football. But uh, so, tell me about your coaching influences. Then now you've you kind of touched on it a bit here, but you know, guys that uh, have given you something that you're still you know, taking that, taking, uh, you know, you know, using today, if you will, or adapting today to what you have to do today. Yeah, for sure. You know, you mentioned Paul being one of the best that, you know, has coached in Gloucester and, and has coached on the North Shore. Just his level of preparedness each and every week um, and, and the way that you go about watching film and looking at things and studying what you're doing well and what you're not doing so well. And, 
and also learning about what the opponents are doing. And from him, you just learn so much about the X's and O's of the game. You know, and I think back to my playing days with, with Coach Silva, you know, and just the way he brought joy and enthusiasm every day at practice is something that, you know, you try to emulate the best you can. You know, and you remember that this is a game, and these kids that are playing with us, you know, you want to teach them life lessons similar to the way Terry taught all of us. And, you know, I'm still good friends and talk to his family quite often when I see them and talk about football, talk about things that aren't involved in football. And that's something that I always try to do. You know, these kids that come with us, it's, it's not just X's and O's and tackling technique, but really get to learn a little bit about them and care for them as people more so than as football players. And then the modern day, you know, what I learned from Jim Rabbit up there at Kit was, you know, just kind of the way to go about starting the program and, and developing a program from a younger group of kids up through them becoming seniors. It's just, you know, something that I think he does a great job in, you know, having his hands in the middle school a little bit, but really building some of those kids throughout the four years. Yeah, no doubt. Um I, I wanted to follow you are the second coach to tell me about um, having a coach kind of influence how they watch film or game you know game video now so give me an example of that what is it that you is are they looking at things you know obviously you're looking at the ball but obviously away from the ball but are there certain things you're looking for that you know when you watch in film that you learn from these coaches that that you didn't weren't looking at before you know as a player you know you just you kind of watch the ball and you watch what the plays are, or how the plays develop, you know. And, and really, as a, as a defensive end, I would focus on you know that offense, that end of the man on the line scrimmage, whether it was a tight end or a um, offensive tackle, depending on the set, you know. But then as a coach, you realize you got a lot of other aspects to look at: down distance, area on the field, you know, positioning of a different player things that teams might do. Um, so it really takes a different angle, a different approach of, of what you're trying to, to own in on and, and focus on. But then you're also trying to pass that down to, to the players, right? So they're the guys that are on the field. They're the ones that are having to make the decisions in a split second. And, you know, being able to understand some concepts and, and pass those on to the players is a way that you try to, approach watching film differently yeah no that, that all makes sense uh you know as a coach now you look at your style your approach um how would you in strengths and you know what, what how would you describe yourself dan uh in, in in what you try to do um you know understanding really you know the first first thing that comes to mind is i, I you know aside from coaching down here in gloucester i'm a teacher in the school system you know, so we, we try to obviously preach the academic side of things. We know that participation in sports, regardless of the sport, whether it's football or field hockey or track, you know, participation in high school sports helps students do better in school. And that's the most important part. That's why parents send kids to school is to get their education. You know, so we hold kids accountable, you know, working on, on things like that. But on the field, really, it's, you know, a joy to coach. And I, I always try to tell our players and the guys that coach with me is that 
you should tell people that you get to go to practice, not that you have to be at practice. And, you know, that stems and starts with us as, as coaches, bringing joy every day, you know, bringing out the positives and, and pushing kids beyond their, their limits a little bit, outside of their comfort zone, and to do things that, you know, maybe they wouldn't think of, of doing themselves. Yeah, and I, I know you hear the stories about being a player or a coach back in the olden days, back, say, when I was a kid or, you know, in high school. And the, coaching was a little bit different. There were some more hard-nosed coaches, but you kind of grew up in that time, I think, when coaching evolved, if you will, and uh, in, in the approach of, and I look in particular to football coaches uh, in a way, it's, it has really evolved as, a, as, a, as an art form, I think, in the last, several, in the last couple of decades. It's changed a lot. Uh, definitely, you know, and, and depending on, on who you talk to and, and what generation and era they're from, you know, some would say it's better. Some would say it, it, it's, you know, it, it's gone in a different direction, you know, but I would say that, you know, either way, you know, the most important part is as a coach, you know, you're showing and, and taking care of the kids you have and you're, you're giving an interest into their needs and their wants. And you help them make young young guys and, and females better, right? And, and making sure that you see some of their dreams through is the most important part. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about, uh, you know, as you, as you look at football, obviously it's been a huge part of your life and continues to be. But there are there are kind of standout games that uh, we think about, and, and of course I, you know, at different levels, uh, you know, if I were to be asked this question, there's no way I could answer answer it. But I'm asking you this question about: Is there a standout game that you remember, or you kind of come back to, that you were either at, uh, you watched on TV, uh, pro level, college level, whatever? that kind of, uh, you know, was an important game for you to maybe learn something or inspire you or do something. Is there such a game like that you can pull out or a couple of games? You know, I would say that the, the year the Patriots came out as a team um, stands out for, I think, a lot of people in this area. And as a, a Patriots fan, obviously it does. But as a football fan, you know, just the way that they showed – in that one display, that football really is the team sport, and it takes the you know the collective unit versus just a bunch of individuals. And I think that if you you look at look at it that way, and you realize that we're all you know as a team, you know our, the sum of our parts is a lot greater than the individual pieces to it. Um, and that's a message you can relate to anything in life, really. You know, with the people that you're you work with, your family. You know, the, the strength is in numbers and the strength is in, in having people by your side to, to do things together. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When you mentioned the Patriots, now another coach mentioned the Pats as well. And I'm, you know, I think back to a game, they, they were in the Super Bowl against the Giants. I don't even know what year it was, but they got kind of blown out by the Giants. They could not, they could not snap and throw the ball without getting the pass rush, you know, uh, taking them out. Uh, and I and I felt that, you know, that was a defining game in a way, in the sense, for some ways, because they came back and obviously rebounded off of that, but they weren't the same team after that. Uh, the, they they got outmatched that, that that day by the Giants, or that night, if you will. But, uh, that, you know, as you mentioned the Patriots, but that might have been a, a game leading up to some of the things that you were just talking about, I'm thinking, but, yeah. 
Dan, anything else? Uh, here's my last question to you, Dan, and that would be uh, – uh, here you are. We're getting close to football season here, but during the course of the year, I'm sure you're always thinking football. There's something on your mind, something that has to be done about Gloucester football, getting ready for the 2023 season. But what is it? What is it that is on your mind right now today that uh, concerns you, if you will, or is top of mind about Gloucester football? You know, I think with everything right now, it's the numbers. And, you know, I'm going through making sure that we're connecting with as many student-athletes that are at that high school as possible, whether it's myself, fellow coaches, you know, our captains, our juniors and sophomores, and making sure that you know, we're getting numbers out there for our program. That's the most important part for us right now, uh, going through and making sure that the kids who have signed up have all their paperwork in and, and all that stuff because there's nothing worse than showing up day one and you know, you've had eight months of, of waiting and, and realizing that a kid doesn't have a physical that's, you know, up to date and things like that. So it's a, a headache right now to go through all those files and make sure things are there. But, you know, in the long run that, you know, you don't want to miss any day. 